0: Welcome to the Refuge City Church Midweek Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Thrower, the lead pastor of Refuge City Church. So let's get into Sunday Sermon. This was Sunday sermon. So we're gonna look back into Philippians chapter two and focus on verse seven and kind of zoom in on the word emptied, which in Greek is kino. Um, There's this idea called kenosis, and this is a view that asserts that the eternal son of God, by virtue of the incarnation, gave up some or all of his divine attributes, which were disproportionate with a fully human existence. Uh, This view is primarily based on this passage, which states that Christ emptied himself uh, the idea of self-emptying is taken from the Greek verb kinu, uh, which means to make empty. Although as originally construed, the kenosis view of Christ sought to do full justice to the real humanity of Jesus, uh, in reality is a serious assault on the true deity of Jesus Christ. Um, most evangelicals have resisted the kenotic view and have replaced it with what may be termed a sub-kenotic view. View stated that what Christ laid aside in the Incarnation was not some or all of the divine attributes such as omniscience, uh, omnipotence, omnipresence. Uh, instead, what Christ emptied himself of was the independent use of these attributes in order to live a normal human life. His dependence on the Father for strength and wisdom is found in such passages as John 5, 19 or John 5, 30 and Uh, John 6, 57. Uh, Also in in Matthew 12, believe 22, uh, Jesus is seen casting out demons by the Holy Spirit. So no doubt this is a courageous attempt to safeguard the full humanity of Jesus Christ while also maintaining his full deity with scripture clearly affirms. The problem remains, however, whether it is truly successful. In light of Paul's clear affirmation that in Christ. All the fullness of the deity dwells bodily. My voice just cracked. It's kind of weird. That's Colossians two nine. One must try to reconcile this high and early Christology with the subcanonic theological understanding of Philippians two five through eleven. Uh, And this appears impossible. So allow me to offer an alternative reading of the Philippians 2, 5 through 11, which I hope uh, I did sufficiently this past Sunday. And hopefully this will afford a solution which discounts all types of uh, kenosis or canonic doctrine concerning Christ. The real concern of Paul in Philippians 2 is not pre-incarnate Christ who empties himself in the incarnation, rather the already incarnate Christ is referred to as doing something with the expression emptied himself. By how? Well, the verse says, by taking on the form of a servant. Um, The words emptied himself suggest that the incarnate Christ is to pour out his life, having taken a position of a servant and already the likeness of humanity, as a fulfillment of Isaiah's parallel in Isaiah 53, 12, where it says that he poured out himself himself, to death. Um, to to this, Paul adds, even to death on a cross. That's Philippians two eight. In this passage, the incarnation is the presupposition of kenosis, right? A further comparison of Philippians 2.9 with Isaiah 52.13 shows this servant section to be Paul's source material throughout this wonderful Christological passage. When read as a full letter in one sitting, you can understand this passage better because what did Paul just tell them? in chapter 1, look at the latter part of it, that they're citizens of the kingdom. And then it rolls into what we call chapter 2 to, okay, now here's how you live that out. So I would suggest that a high Christology can therefore be maintained in this passage. For Paul, the incarnation was an addition, not a subtraction. Human nature was added to the person of the Son of God. Jesus Christ was not less than God. He was and is God. As the God-man, Christ Jesus, gave his life in obedience to the Father as a ransom for many. So think of it like this. Jesus remained fully God, yet he bore himself as if he were empty. He thinks of others and not himself. It's called servanthood. He emptied himself by coming as a baby in a stable. He emptied himself by serving, uh, by washing the smelly feet of the disgruntled disciples, right? And on and on I can go. It's an incredible reality. The God-man, Jesus, fully God, fully man, who came and served by taking our place on the cross. And now our topic for the week. Uh, Depending on when you're listening to this, this coming Sunday is Father's Day. Um, As you may or may not be aware, there seems to be an attack on fatherhood. Uh, In 50 years, our society has gone from father knows best to father knows nothing or to who needs a father, and I want to make sure that my children know that father does know best, always, period. Uh, Anyway, while some may view this as a modern advancement, I see it as a disastrous erosion on the family unit. Uh, Let me give you a couple of examples. The New York Times posted an article a couple years ago called, What Are Fathers For? One of the publishers said, I'm not sure whether a child needs a father. Okay. Uh, The Atlantic posted an article, Are father's necessary, with like the subtitle, a parental contribution may not be as essential as we think. In fact, Ruth Bader Ginsburg asked that question 44 years ago. Uh, The Holy, insert sarcasm, RBG suggested that uh, in a 1974 report, she co-authored while back at Columbia University Law School, and I quote, replacing Mother's Day and Father's Day with a parent's day should be considered As an observance more consistent with a policy of minimizing traditional sex based differences in parental roles. It seems that the uh, woke mob has been after us for quite some time. In fact, in 2008, even then President Barack Obama said that in a Father's Day speech, he said that fathers are critical to the foundation of the family. They are teachers, coaches, mentors, and role models. Uh, What makes this so noteworthy is that Obama actually grew up without. father. In a pediatric magazine, uh, an article that was written says that involved fathers promotes inner growth and strength. In fact, studies have shown that when fathers are affectionate and supportive, it greatly affects a child's cognitive and social development. It also instills an overall sense of well-being and self-confidence. Something that would be worth studying for someone, not me, um, is take a look at the violent rioting and looting in the past year and see how many of the children had father figures in their life. I would suggest, and this is just my opinion, that many of them did not have the role of a father in their life. In fact, studies would suggest that most males who were in prison for violent crime, they grew up without a father in their life. A professor of sociology at Rutgers University and co-director of the National Marriage Project has provided us with a pretty good overview on this subject. And here's what he has to say. Fathers are far more than just second adults in the home. Involved fathers bring positive benefits to their children that no other person is as likely to bring. They provide protection and economic support and male role models. They have a parenting style that is significantly different than that of a mother, and that difference is important in healthy child development. And I say amen to that. So, my point in this is that if you are a father, how are you serving your kids? Are you serving them by being absent? Are you serving them just by being a total turd to them all the time? Or are you raising young men and women in the way of King Jesus? Remember, As a kingdom citizen, we are called to serve. Look past your self-interest and serve your kids by being a godly, manly figure that they need. Dads, let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. So dads and husbands, go empty yourselves for your family and be worth celebrating come this Father's Day. Well, welcome to the end of this podcast. Hey, don't stop listening yet because we would love for you to write a review and let us know what you think of the Refuge City Church Midweek Podcast. You can also find us on Facebook at Refuge City Church and Instagram at Refuge Cedar City. Until next time, grace and peace. Bye-bye.